Well, it is Friday. I got to echo. You hear that? It is Friday. And I'm looking out over there at Mad Max Boulevard. That's uh, It hasn't yet gotten to that madness level where it's backed up all the way to this building. That's always a good sign on Mad Max Boulevard, don't you think? I think that's always a good sign. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Um. University of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill has found out quite the hard way that the rest of the world does not exist in her echo chamber. She has, along with Claudine Gay and Sally Cornbluth, all of them diversity hires, uh, they have testified on TV and their views are out there for everybody to see if you want to go look at them. And quite a little bit of this has been, you know, put out there. They were all asked about the calls for genocide on their campuses and asked if this constituted harassment. Now, a normal, apolitical human being, which is what a school president should be when it comes to education, education should be like uh, law enforcement or the military. Education should be apolitical. She shouldn't care one way or the other. She might have her, you know, she might have her views, she might have her preferences, but that has nothing to do with the way she does her job. Now, of course, that's not the case. I know that. So when asked whether this constituted harassment, instead of being that normal human being that would be apolitical and saying, absolutely. It's not only harassment. This is an existential threat. If they're actually talking about this, then they're planning. You know, they they chased some kids into a into a, into an attic the other day. We can't. But that that's not what they said. They just wanted to know if, uh, you know, they they wanted to know the context. And it turns out, according to these ladies, these diversity hires, that it's okay to call for the genocide of Jews. As long as it's only a public statement, then it stops being, you know, you know which uh, as soon as somebody can point in history where something just happened, you know, where there wasn't some sort of telegraph that it was coming, like talking about it or calling for it or that kind of stuff. As soon as that happens, let me know. I didn't get that. Oh, be, be quiet. So. Siri had a comment. I know. <laughs> And it, it was an uninformed one as well. Anyway, so when you've got when you got a bunch of young people that are going to be running the country out there, clamoring and chanting for the death of people, um, and that ha- that that has to be placed under an academic light, and you have to do this because the f- philosopher queens think that we're too stupid to recognize this neo-Nazi jargon with an Islamic face on it. And of course, as we used to say in the cadence we would sing while marching, nothing in this world is free. At University of Pennsylvania, it just cost them $100 million. (laughs) And uh, we get this from uh, Ross Stevens, the founder and CEO of uh, Stone Rudge Asset Management. He... uh, Looked at that testimony from the Penn president, Liz McGill. The gift from Stevens, which is a Penn, and he is a Penn undergrad alumni, 
It was given in December 2017 to help establish a center for innovation in finance. And it was in the form of a limited partnership unit in uh, Stone Ridge with the current value estimated at around $100 million. So he got with his lawyers, and uh, they say the school has violated the terms of the limited partnership agreement, including its anti-discrimination and anti-harassment policies. Referring to, uh, to, to the school, he said, uh, Stevens wrote, its permissive approach to hate speech, calling for violence against Jews and laissez-faire attitude toward harassment and discrimination against Jewish students would violate any policies of rules that prohibit harassment and discrimination based on religion, including those of Stone Ridge. Now, here's the thing about Liz McGill and all the rest of the diversity hires and the students themselves and the administrators and all of you out there that may be out there and you're, you got, you are allowed here in the United States to have an opinion, no matter how horrific it may be, no matter how low it may be, you are allowed to do that. You're allowed to be an imbecile. You're allowed to be a moron. You're allowed to be evil. However, your right to that does not overstamp my right to call you out on it, to criticize you about it, and if you decide to move on it beyond just talking about it. See, sticks. I, I, I run with the sticks and stones theory. I don't care what you say. In most cases, I, I you know, um, in, in most cases when I, when you're public, so you're out there in your in the comment section of the chat rooms, and you know you put a video up, you put a you, you do a radio show or something, and there's always going to be the chatters out there, and uh, there's going to be always a a, a substrata that just doesn't like you, that thinks you're an idiot, that thinks you're this or that. I love it when we get posted on Instagram. That's the funniest stuff I've ever seen in my life, because the in Instagram. Uh, Illuminati get on there and they start coming at us. And, yeah, they're pretty brutal on yeah. Instagram. It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's surprising. It's surprising. I and most of these people that are out there making a, a lot of statements, like uh, I saw back and forth about climate change, and I was just looking at that and I was like, I would love to. Is, are you like a meteorologist? Because there's there's one guy out there that just he's like a kung fu master. He's trying to counter everybody, saying that you know <laughs> nobody knows what they're talking about when it comes to climate change, and he's for climate change. He believes it. The earth is one big ball of fire. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I don't understand why this would be a thing, because if they're right, we're all just going to burn up anyway. Yes. We're all doomed. It's scary, right? Why are we having our <laughs> argument about it? We ought to enjoy what little time we have left. Yeah, why, why do you have to be right about that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> are, are you anxious to be right about that? Are, are, you know, do, you, do, do we want to hear that Johnny Cash Johnny Cash song playing in the background. What, as we, what do you want us to do? Just, a light? Just, just chant with you like, oh, hey, everything's yeah. lost. We're all going to die. <laughs> so you, you you are allowed to have this stuff and everything else. And on the other hand, when I get out there and you, you, you vocalize this kind of stuff, just understand this. This is my thing. I don't know most of you that are out there that are coming at me. I don't know you. I don't care about you. And I don't care about what you say. My opinion is based purely upon logic. If logic takes me in a certain direction, I go with it. I do not fight it. It's a very simple premise. There's nothing that I do that has nothing to do with the world of reality. Nothing. And uh, wanting to get out there and see, right now, we're not even worried. The, the, the climate change people, 
They're not even worried about saving the environment because they're bulldozing it in order to make uh, solar farms. They're taking out millions of trees in the U.K. to make solar farms, and they're going to freeze. They are going to freeze this winter because we can't be burning no fossil fuel. Cool. We can't be having no fossil fuel. Yeah. All right. And just like the, and here's the thing about these uh, these colleges. If you're if you have a kid that's going to go to school, send the kid to a tech school or a trade school and let them get an education in whatever whatever it is they want to do. Don't let them go to college and get indoctrinated and get a degree in physical education and then turn out to be a wine seller or something. With a complete, they're going to be they're going to be uh, they're going to be held back by their indoctrination for years and years and years until one day when they finally own something and they find out what it means. To be back in the man when the man's coming and saying, well, let's see, you got that dollar. We're going to tax that dollar 27 different ways. And then when you hold on to it, after you've held on to it for a while, we're going to tax it again. And let them embrace the suck. That's, that's, a, that's a military term. Embrace the suck. Let them embrace that. And uh, so don't send them to that and, and let them be held back. If they want to go to school and get a higher education, send them to a tech school. Send them to a, a trade school. They don't, have, they don't have any of these, you know student government nonsense or anything let them just go be a student learn something i watched home alone last night we might if we if we don't get our guest in here next i'm gonna we're going to talk about home alone i noticed something about home alone and i compared it to today shocking this is news talk 98.9 word GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Now, joining me now, and we had no intention of talking about this, and I warn you now, sir, that I just heard this in the news, but joining me from Epic Times is Nansu, who is the senior correspondent there. Did you see all the stuff China's doing in Taiwan right now? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Uh, China's been trying to infiltrate into Taiwan, uh, so election and China has been doing all the proactive behavior all around Taiwan. Uh, it's 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 a routine for Chinese government do whatever they want, and 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 China actually just uh, uh, openly criticized. Uh, you know that's uh, near Philippine Sea on south side of Taiwan. China uh, criticized the U.S. as uh, Gabriel Giffords' uh, combat ship uh, uh, of U.S. Navy sailing into uh, Chinese uh, territory water, while in fact, you know, uh, uh, U.S. Uh, combat ship is sailing in the international water. Right, which that's allowed, right? That's allowed for us to get out there and patrol wherever we want to go. Well, it's true because uh, China has been threatened Philippines, and so that's why uh, U.S. combat ship uh, formed with uh, Fili- Filipino uh, naval ships uh, to do uh, this patrol cruise. Uh, it's just claimed the freedom of navigation. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. I just heard on the news, though, that they had a one of those big balloons floating over somewhere in Taiwan, and when they were asked about a quote from the Taiwan Foreign Ministries. Somebody in China said, there is no Taiwan Foreign Ministry. There's only one China. Did you see that? <laughs> well, 
That's what uh, what China. All, this is the kind of attitude we're dealing with. Uh, China actually actually claim you know ninety percent of the entire South China Sea uh, as its own territory water, and right. that's why you know China has uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, around in that region, they have uh, uh, they have territory dispute with everyone around South China Sea, including Vietnam, Philippines, Malaysia, Wenlai, Indonesia, you know, Taiwan. Everyone, you know, having problem with China. You know that that raises a question: Could China handle if everybody decided to tee China? Because they're pushing against everybody. They just put out their little map that they put out where they annex parts of India. Uh, you know, they, they claim Taiwan. They, they've got all these other things out there. What would happen if the whole world suddenly started to uh, – I, I, and I know the exact opposite is happening because right, right now Chairman Z is out there. Uh, he's, on the, he's on the charming tour right now. He's charming everybody he goes and sees. Um, what would happen if all of a sudden everybody started to push back against them? Would they, would they back down or would they, would they double down? Well, they know we're not going to push back. You you have all these countries' economic interests going on with China. All these, you know, like United States, you have all these business tycoons who want to do business with China. You know, it's just crazy. Is it because it's just cheaper to get stuff made there? Would it do, I mean, does everybody get everything made in China? Uh, well, I don't think you can say that 20 years ago. I don't think you can still say that now because uh, uh, China is it's absolutely not as cheap as before. Right. Uh, while if you go to these other countries, like uh, uh, all the Southeast Asian countries, you can get a lot cheaper price. Uh, and that's why business are leaving China. But however, you know, uh, you, you, all these uh, uh, investment tycoons, they, all these years, they already built up a very comfortable uh, relation uh, with uh, Chinese regime leaders. And, you know, they, they, they have all these corruptions going on. That's why they're not leaving. Right, right. What would, uh, what would the impact be? If all of a sudden China decided to, uh, I mean, right now they're sort of doing it now. Uh, what would the impact be if China decided to uh, conscript? Would, would they ever get to the point where they say, okay, Foxconn, you're now part of the Chinese Communist Party. We're going to run this company for you, and we'll tell you what you can and can't do. And, and you know, uh, then Apple sitting well, there going, what? before in the 50s, right? It right. happened before in the 50s. In the 50s when China, Chinese Communist regime took over control over China, they basically take everybody's business. They just, you know, if it's a foreign uh, a business, they will just take it away. If the uh, but for the regular private business in China, you know, owned by Chinese nationals, they will just take it away, and then they will give you an estimate price, and then they will pay you five percent back uh, each year, and then twenty years. So you, you, Done, you know. You, that that's what they did in the in the in the fifties. Do you think that's a threat that they might do that now? Is right. That, well, I mean, I mean, is that is that why they criticize us now? Would would this be sort of a way they sort of set up and start teeing up the idea that they might have to come in and because America's so bad about this and they're encroaching on that and they shouldn't be in this South China Sea. Um, 
that that sort of a setup? Would they be doing that? Well, you know, uh, they want some kind of attention with outside. It's like you know, uh, you you look at North Korea. You know, China is a big North Korea, basically. Right. I mean, it's the same mentality. You you、oh、you look at Kim Jong Un. <laughs> I just thought yeah, about what you just said, and I just oh my gosh, okay, all right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, in the Kim, you look at what Kim Jong Un, Kim Jong Un's behavior, then you know. You immediately understand. See, every time when Kim Jong Un asks something from you, United States, from South Korea, if we don't give it to them, what, what is, what, what did he do? You know, he will shoot a couple of missiles. And China is the same way. If、right. you, they ask something from us, if we don't give it to them, well, they will, you know, they will have some proactive behavior. The East South China, China Sea, South China Sea. Or Taiwan Strait around Taiwan, you know that's what they do. They took when when Nancy Pelosi went there, they took that as a national, as sort of a personal affront, didn't they? They fired all kinds of missiles and flew all kinds of aircraft all over the place and everything. Right after she left, they didn't take yeah, that very well at all, did they? Yep, they did the same. They did that when Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. They also did again. Uh, this April, after Kevin McCarthy met with Taiwan's president、uh, at the Ronald Reagan Airport, Southern California. China, China, they're going to be something. Now, my understanding is that you're going to be taking a little time off. I need to leave you alone during the holidays. You're going to be taking a little time off over there in sunny California. Uh, actually, I'm continuously working. Uh, uh, not, I'm not actually taking time off. Okay, so I can, so so I can, so we can hook up again next week. Is that is that? I was told that you might be, you know. Oh no, no. Okay, well that's good. That's good to know. I like it. Non, non brings a dimension to the show that I have never had before, just because of his insights. In any event,、uh, listen. I I appreciate、uh, you taking the time to join me this morning, and、uh, I will be in touch. Non Sue, go check out his stuff at EpicTimes.com. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir.、Bye-bye. Absolutely, that is my pleasure. Absolutely, it is. So we got. Is that is that who I think it is? Okay, so. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to, to Rob Iannaro. He has just spent the last I don't know twenty eight hours at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena、uh, doing the Elio Santa. I went by there yesterday. It looked like they'd taken in a very impressive hall. When we get back, we're going to get a report card on exactly how that went. So that's coming up in a minute. That's coming up in a minute. Sooner or later, I'll get to you, texters too. <laughs> you and your little dog too. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. Elio Santa has、uh, wrapped up at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Joining me now is Rob Iannaro. He was there. He was、uh, walking around the whole time in his heated jacket, which I now am envious of. I'm envious of the heated jacket, Rob. 
It is a wonderful invention. Can, uh, is it adjustable? Like, can you go from uh, snug and warm to holy, holy moly, it's killing me out here. For, save me. Uh, yep, yep. It's got a high, medium, and low setting. And uh, the the high setting, it was on that most of the night. Yep. How did it go? What, what kind of haul did you guys get? Um, well, I just loaded the last load of uh, toys on a few minutes ago. And with a 52-foot trailer... Oh I had gosh. to rearrange some things to get the doors to close. <laughs> did you have at least a, did you have to palletize it? Did you at least have a, a, a forklift to help you get that in there? No, um, it, the old fashioned brigade, one guy handing it out of the back of the truck, handing it up to the guy that's in the trailer and setting it and sorting it and reorganizing. And we did have a, I didn't catch which school they were from, but a girls' volleyball team came by yesterday afternoon, early evening, and they started pre-sorting the toys that we'd already collected, which will make our weekend's job a lot easier. Well, you know, those kids that get out there, they find that kind of stuff to be fun for that short period of time. Yeah. They're fast. I had to do that one time when I was working for a milk company. I had to call a bunch of kids in to help us do it. My son brought his friends, and, I mean, they saved us that night. So, um from here, this goes somewhere, and then at some point, you guys are going to start handing this stuff out. How long were the, how, how how big of an area will you be giving this out in? Um, our delivery day is going to be a week from tomorrow. Um, there, we're all kind of divided up into groups and doing organization. We've got the uh, fire department kind of working out some things, but we're going to have our central warehouse where everything is. We're going to. I think each individual jurisdiction, such as Malden, Fountain Inn, Travelers Rest, Simpsonville, um, those officers are going to receive toys to distribute in the areas of those communities they feel are most needed. And then we've got some other designated areas um, in the various parts of the county, north, south, the area that really need it the most. And there are a few organizations, uh, such as a battered women's shelter, that we're going to probably be giving some toys to to help them out as well. Right. Situation, a terrible place to spend Christmas, and if you've got no other place to go, a toy can be a wonderful distraction for a child. I, I've I've actually delivered to that. I don't. I'm not going to say where it is, but there used to be one on the route that I used to deliver on. And what struck me is when I would go in there and I would see the the women in there. Most of them looked shattered. I mean, they had like this thousand yard stare. Some of them. Would be working in the uh, in the cafeteria or something and, and helping out, and they would seem like just normal people. But I mean, that was a very I, I can only imagine that would have to be helpful to have that insinuated into their life when they probably don't expect it. They know you guys are coming with that. Um, yeah, we have been reaching out and trying to make some plans. Uh, my understanding is we're going to wait until we have a final tally of all the things that we have. And then we're also going to be looking um, for certain needs that they may have. You know, if they say that they need a particular age range and we'll help them as well. Um, but we're going to see to it that 52 feet worth of toys get spread around to as many children as we can. Feet. And we're not going to, we're not going to give one toy to one child. We're going to try to give them you know, a couple of nice things, a couple of smaller things. So they do have a, a memorable Christmas. Yeah. Um, how how high did you have to stack it? Um, we have the boxes, which I don't know the measurements of. I will say they're probably three, three and a half feet tall. Um, that is packed almost front to back with the exception of, at last count, probably 50 bicycles. 
And then the large lawn bags full of stuffed animals, we just kind of started chucking in on top of the boxes. So it's, let's not pack floor to ceiling just because we lack that capability, but there is no more floor space to be had in that trailer. Well, I, I, I'm glad that you don't have to drive it anywhere where you're going to have to drive over a way station. Oh, no, no. Matter of fact, the only driving I'm going to be do is home and then take home. a nap. It, it, it's break time for Mr. Anayo after uh, 28 hours. No naps, no nothing? No naps, no nothing. Um, we did have kind of a fun story last night, and this, I think it goes to add to the event. Started dragging around 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm talking to uh, Officer Galt, who also volunteered to do the overnight, and he had his uh, boys staying over with him so they could do some charity work. About 3 o'clock in the morning, we see a car drive by on the wrong side of East North Street getting ready to get on 385. Wow. Officer Galt jumps up, <laughs> runs after this guy, hollers at him, gets him to come to a stop. It is immediately apparent that something is wrong with this individual mentally. Um, I'm standing back with uh, Officer Galt's uh, sixth-grade son on the other side of the SWAT truck, just safety first. Right. And I see Officer Galt get the man out of the vehicle, and then I hear the word rifle. So I told the son to haul butt to the other side to find a deputy that was working because dad doesn't have a radio. Right. That, that, that happens. Through that traffic stop, they found cocaine, a, high, a large caliber high-powered rifle, an open bottle of liquor. He was driving on the wrong side of the road in a rental car that he appeared to have crashed earlier in the evening. And one that provided a wonderful adrenaline boost because I, I, I was rather uh, energized for the next couple of hours. And at the time it was kind of funny. Ha ha. Here's this guy who's messed up. So messed up. He doesn't know where he is, but once the reality of it sank in, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, this guy was being chased by people, or so he thought. And we so had he was a situation running. where we had yeah, he a was man running. that was drunk, high on cocaine, with a high-powered rifle in his front seat, about to get on the interstate, driving the wrong direction. And a police officer, who he was in uniform, but he's wearing this, the sweatshirt, the, the hoodie, running after him. Is he the he one that was with Santa Claus when I was there? Uh, probably was. He's yeah. the uh, Paul Swat officer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when you stop and think about it, how many lives could have been saved or were saved by keeping him off of 385? That was actually prevention. That was that was one of those things where they were in the right place at the right time and they did it. Yep. They so, did it. Uh, you know, between that and the, the erratic driving, the paranoia, the drugs, <laughs> the firearm, um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> even even if nothing else came from this event, I am certain that Officer Galt saved some lives last night. Yeah, I'm being told so, to tell you that uh, on the text line, somebody's thanking you very much for everything you do within the community. They find you to be an amazing man. And somebody wants to know if you gave that driver of that car a business card. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the kind words. Um, because I was sort of in a witness position yep. for all of this. Conflict of interest. Yep, I, I, I did speak to one of the uh, actual on-duty officers to make sure that I had that gentleman's name. So if he calls my office, I can immediately say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. I witnessed some things that would make me impartial. 
I can send them to some other qualified lawyers, but in this particular instance, I don't want to create the conflict of interest. And honestly, it's it, it's just something I don't want to get involved with. Well, where I, you're creating that much danger and that close of a proximity to yeah. not just a charity event, but something that's very near and dear to my heart. Right. Well, as this unwinds and everything, when all of this uh, executes, I would like for you to take the time to give me a buzz again and tell me how this went. And uh, just so I know, because I... I think this is a splendid event that you put together that you guys make happen. The, the law enforcement here in town, you, everybody else that was involved in it. And, uh, of course, uh, Rob, you'll be hearing from Rob a lot in the coming 2024, me and him. You'll be hearing from him a bit. So, Yep, uh, signed an endorsement to talk about all sorts of wonderful things, not just myself, but what's going on <laughs> in the community and those very important constitutional rights that we so care about. There you go. There you go. Rob Ionario. Elio Santa, that one's in the books, and now it's getting ready to execute. So thank you, sir, for taking the time to join me today and let us and tell us what what happened. And uh, Officer Galt, unsung hero, saved a bunch of lives last night. Happened right hey. while everybody was asleep. So that's what happens yep. on a daily basis. No thank you, sir. Jumped right into action. It was great. And thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you can be a part of this, and I look forward to working with you in the future. Roger that. Now go get some rest. Oh, I am on it. And we're going to get on the Home Alone thing when we get back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. Excuse me. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Um, Home Alone. That is a Christmas movie, and I spend the Christmas season watching my huge collection of Christmas movies. I also spend it looking at what they, everybody ranks to be the best Christmas movies since 2000, and I always cuss at whoever's ranking them because they always miss three of mine. Home Alone being included? No, Home Alone is always in that, but they always miss Christmas with the Cranks. Uh-huh. They always get the oldies like uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which is one of my favorites, uh-huh. White Christmas, which is one of my favorites. but uh, And Die Hard. I, you know... <laughs> it's I, a christmas movie now come on yes i know it takes place during <laughs> christmas i know yes i now i have a machine gun ho ho ho, ho. Yeah, <laughs> i get that but uh <clears throat> home alone the, the you know that was a that was a hughes film and uh hughes knew how to shoot some of these things and he knew how to do all the elements with the music and the and the visuals and <clears throat> everything else but there's this part where kevin Goes to the grocery store. Right. And he buys a decent amount of groceries and he pay it's $19.83. So I decided, uh, and uh, Fox News did a thing on this. I, I was just wondering about this. And then for whatever reason, they seem to be on the same, same uh, wavelength as me on this particular one. They were wondering too, but they actually went out and found it. And they went and got the stuff. That Kevin gets in 1990 for $19.83. Today, it is $72.28. Yeah, dude. I believe it. I believe it. (laughs) For a loaf of bread, (laughs) half a gallon of milk, half gallon of orange juice, TV dinner, frozen mac and cheese, laundry detergent, cling wrap, toilet paper, a pack of army men, and dryer sheets. That he drops. On the way home. He really drops it all. It all falls apart. Somehow, or they get some back in the plastic bags, too. Yeah. 
Did he get the aftershave too, or was that 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 was his, his dad left the brute there? Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. The brute that's is right. there. <laughs> Last year, that same shopping list though cost forty four dollars and forty cents. Last year. Last year. This year, it's seventy two dollars and twenty eight cents. That's insane. Well, you know, here's the thing. This is the thing. This is all based on fuel, right? Mm-hmm. So the fuel that because all the packaging is made with fossil fuel. Right. It's all it's all you know, it's all about the, the petrochemicals. And then there's the fuel to haul it there. Whenever the diesel fuel goes up, the transportation cost goes up and then they they pass it along. So uh that's and you, thanks Joe Biden. Thank you Joe Biden. Yeah. So <clears throat> I've got this idea. I think we should get whoever the president is and he should sign a pledge and since Trump did do a cameo in the second home alone, right? <laughs> Yeah. Since it looks like it's going to be Trump, he needs to sign a pledge saying, I will get the grocery list back to the $19.83 <laughs> that Kevin spent in 1990. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because everybody's all, will you sign a pledge? I, you know. Yeah. Sure, whatever you want me to sign. I'll sign whatever you think I need to sign. Sure. Or, or do a campaign commercial with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> That guy is a, you know, he's a very shrewd young man. And he's 40-something now. Yeah, yeah. And he's still worth, uh, I think, $20 million? Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. That's the shrewd part because mm-hmm. most of the time, I mean, he, I think he had gotten a fight with his parents and he had to sue his dad and some other stuff. So, But back in the day, he paid <laughs> $19.83 for two bags of groceries, which nowadays – and. I think it would cost that much in Walmart. Walmart doesn't is not any savings anymore anyway. They don't seem to be any sort of savings at all. Not at all. <clears throat> anyway. Let's talk. Well, we're going to talk to Michael Letts from investusa.org. There's a bunch of things happening right now that he is talking about. So this is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.